0: All right. So I know uh, most of the fundraisers out there, um, you've been consuming all of the great information which um, agencies and influencers have been putting out there. And that's one of the great things about this industry is that our instinct uh, in a time of crisis is to. Uh, reach out and help each other by putting out information. And I do think that that is going to help a lot of fundraisers and organizations make deci- better decisions um, during this critical time as we navigate the uh, pandemic together uh, as as a world and, and um, as an industry. And um, one of the pieces of information that really caught um, my attention is uh, a podcast episode that was put out by Mike Dirksen, who is the founder of the Build Good Agency out of Winnipeg, Canada, and he hosts the Build Good podcast. And Mike recorded a quick response episode where he gave five tips or five things that your donors need to hear from you right now. And I thought it was amazing, practical advice and things that you could literally start doing today to shoring up your relationship during this time. And we're very pleased that Mike has taken the time to join us today to walk us through the five things that your donors need to hear from you. Uh, Mike Dirksen, welcome to the Dynamic Nonprofits Podcast, and thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Dan, thanks so much for having me. I've, uh, I'm a listener of your show. I've been following you for uh, for a little while now, as you know. And uh, I love all the, all the discussions that you're amplifying on LinkedIn and, and the resources that you're putting out for nonprofits. So very pleased to be with you uh, today. Well, that's very kind of you, Mike. Um, I'm a big fan of what you're
0: doing at Build Good as well and, and your podcast. And um, I think your, your approach here is exactly what the industry needs to hear right now. There's so many bigger picture strategic discussions that we can have, but there's also um, so many practical things that we can do right away to shore up those relationships and and we're gonna um uh, dig right into it in just a minute but um can you walk us through uh what you were thinking when you recorded this episode how you kind of came to this list of five things that your donors needed to hear from you right away and why you thought this was something that was uh important to share with uh with fundraisers
1: I think we 're first of all we 've never really been here before right we 've had uh, emergencies in the past with the tsunami, with earthquakes, with wildfires, and we know that donors are really super generous in in times of, of urgent need, and we 've also been through financial crises before. Uh, you know, after 9 11 and 08, uh, but we've, in, in a, at, at least for most of us, we've never lived through an emergency and a financial crisis at the same time before. And so things feel a little bit unknown and a little bit uncertain. And so we've seen some nonprofits really embrace the unknown and stay the course and pivot and try to adapt to the new, new reality. And we've also gotten calls from a lot of people who just, don't quite know what to do. And so we uh, these five things that, that we recommend that your donor needs to hear from you right now, these are five things that your donor always needs to hear from you right now, but especially during this time. Well, I think that's a tremendous point.
0: And a lot of the information that um, I, I've seen shared and a lot of the consensus about how to navigate um, how to navigate uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic? Um, it really is advice uh, that we should be implementing with our donors all of, all of the time, and hopefully that's one of the things that comes out of this crisis is changing that approach. But let's um, let's dig right into uh, your list. the The first thing that you say that donors need to hear from you right now is um, is that for you to reach out. Now, can you? Um, Dig into that a little bit and explain um, our natural inclination as people at this time might be to think that other people are distracted by the crisis, maybe have a personal hardship of their own. But why is it so important to reach out and for our donors to hear from us right now during a uh, a crisis that's much bigger than any of us?
1: You know, this, this might be the most important thing. If, if, uh, if your listeners walk away only taking one thing away from this podcast, I hope it's this, that your donors need to know that you care about them in this time, that you're thinking of them, that you understand how they feel, that you know how anxious they might be feeling, um, that you know that they might be worrying about their loved ones and their family and their jobs and, and their future. Uh, there's been quite a bit of research done that donors actually consider the charities that they support the charities that they love uh, they consider those organizations as part of their identity it's actually a physical expression of their values so you might see your mission as something that you do and that the donor supports but the donor actually sees that as something that is a big part of who they are and what makes them who they are it's part of their identity and so in times of crisis, what we do with loved ones and with people that we care about, we draw closer to them. I'm sure many of us have been calling our siblings and our parents and our friends a lot, a lot more than before the pandemic kind of started spreading everywhere. Because um, we want to know that people are okay. We want to reach out. We want um, to have that community. In times of crisis, we don't disperse and spread and not reach out to each other. We draw closer. And so that's really the way that you should be thinking about your donors at this time. They are part of your community and your family, and they do want to know that you care. And I know it's very tempting to think, you know what, I should give my donors some space. They're probably dealing with a lot. But chances are, your donors are craving for people to reach out and to say, hey, I want to make sure that you're doing okay. How are you coping? Let me know how you're doing.
0: And that's and that's literally what you're suggesting is this is not something about your organization or some sort of uh, fundraising device. This is just a, a wellness check. It's just reaching out and saying, "Hey, we hope you're okay. We're in this together." To um, to to just kind of humanize the relationship, which which hopefully it already is, but um, but by, by displaying empathy to the donor, am I reading that correctly? Yeah, this
1: is your duty of care to. Make sure your donor is doing okay. This is you being concerned for their well-being, right? And it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to um, it doesn't have to be long. Even it doesn't have to. You don't have to overcomplicate this. But it needs to be human and vulnerable. You need to show genuine concern. And something that we've been using a lot is we've just been sending out emails first and foremost that just say say you know. Dear, dear Joan, I just wanted to reach out and say, I hope that, that you and your loved ones are safe and healthy. Uh, we know that this is a scary health emergency. And you know if, if you're like me, you're probably feeling really anxious too. So how are you coping? I just want to let you know you're not alone. And that's really all you have to do in an email. And we've seen, uh, just as a bit of a data point here, we've seen open rates on emails north of 60% with a subject line that just says, how are you doing or how are you coping?
0: That That's incredible. That's uh, tremendous information and a real reminder that there's real power in just reaching out uh, during a time of crisis and also uh, tremendous um, a, a tremendous perspective uh, that you shared that donors consider uh, the organizations they support to be an extension to themselves. So um, even if you haven't, um, previously taken the steps to kind of humanize the relationship and move past just the donor organization relationship. Many donors are already there, which is going to make them even more receptive to um, to some form of outreach. And um, people always appreciate outreach and, and wellness checks. And I think that's just tremendous advice. And uh, let's move on t- into the second thing that donors need to hear from you right now. And that is that your beneficiaries are Okay. And uh, can you explain why this is so important at a time when we're all so focused on our kids or our jobs? Um, why is it so important right now to let your donors know
1: that the people that your organization are taking care of are doing all right? As so there's well? a reason that your donors are giving to your organization. And this might be hard to hear, but it's likely not because of you. Uh, your donors care about what they can do through you they might not care about you as much and so they got into this whole situation because they care about what you're doing for uh, vulnerable people what you're doing for uh, animals what you're doing for the environment what you're doing for the arts whoever your beneficiaries are that's who your donors care about and so Now, as everything is uncertain and unknown, your donors want to know that your beneficiaries are okay. And if they're not okay, what is happening with them? Are they worried? Are they affected? Are any of them sick? Are they being protected? Right? So um, if you're an international development organization, uh, maybe you work with vulnerable children, Um, your donors want to know how those kids are doing. Um, if you're an animal shelter, uh, your donors, they'll want to know, you know, what's happening with all the, the dogs and cats now that people uh, maybe aren't going out and volunteering anymore at the shelter and, and playing with those animals. Or maybe people are not adopting pets right now because they're not going out. So your donors just want to know how your beneficiaries are, are doing. And if you don't have beneficiaries, and, and I realize that that some organizations don't, maybe you're an arts organization, uh, maybe your nature reserve, something like that. Um, in that case, your donors want to know how your mission or how your programming uh, is affected by all of this.
0: Yeah, that's a great example with um, arts and, and culture. And you know, a lot of museums are struggling right now with how to fundraise because the museum is is closed. But um, for many donors that support uh, arts or cultural museums, um, that's, that's about much, much more than the physical building. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, right, just having that reassurance of what is your plan? How is this going to impact your mission? Uh, those are things that are important for donors to hear right now because going back to point one, this is an extension of themselves. It's not m- – not just a transactional relationship.
1: A lot of churches are closed right now. And churches, um, it, it's kind of hard to 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 define the beneficiaries of churches because it is the people who go to church who benefit from it. Um, but those are also the people who are donors. Um, but for example, a church, your donors want to know that you will continue being a church. You will continue being a community of care. And the values that matter to you, will continue to be present in the world, even though there is a temporary uh, uncertainty and disruption to the way that things are running.
0: Yeah, and th- that's that's a great example uh, that even if your physical institution is closed, the people that benefit from it um, are still there and you're still taking care of them. Um, and, and good advice for organizations to, to think, even if you don't have something that's uh, easy to connect like an animal welfare group or uh, a ref organization that's involved with refugees um, think about who are your beneficiaries and um, how to, to, communicate that to organizations. That's really um, great advice. And as we move into the third tip um, this one, I found very interesting. The third is to say that you have a plan. Can you explain um that a little bit and why is that something that's really important for organizations to hear and uh, why is that important for organizations to have at this unprecedented moment when um, there isn't really a playbook on how to handle something like a global pandemic
1: yeah so this this comes from from story structure a little bit and we always talk about the donor being the hero Um, almost any fundraising literature or conference out there um, will tell you that your donor should be the hero of the story, um, which is very true. And if your donor is the hero, you are their guide. And in story structure um, from Hero's Journey, the guide always gives the hero a plan. And the guide gives the hero a plan that later calls them to action. And now more than ever, your donor Your hero needs a guide, and they need to know that you have a plan. Uh, It's something that will instill confidence in them, and it is something that um, will make them uh, happy to be involved with you and your organization. And nobody is expecting you to have this figured out. There is no playbook on how to survive a pandemic. So that's that's not what I'm saying, and I want to be clear about that. But you need to have the next step figured out you don't need to have it all figured out but you need to have the next step figured out so if you are a museum and your revenues have been hit really hard and you have to close um your donor may want to know what is your plan to um to keep alive all the things that make the museum the museum and the values and to keep that going so that when all this is over people will be able to enjoy those things once again, right? If you run a hospital foundation, what is your plan today to support the frontline healthcare workers uh, who may be over flooded with a demand from patients in the next weeks? Uh, if you're a church again, what is your plan to keep ministering to your congregation and serving the community? And nobody is expecting you to have the next month or year figured out, but, donors do want to know what you are doing right now to respond and how you are preparing for this pandemic and what your plan is to make it to tomorrow.
0: Tremendous advice. And um, I think from a planning standpoint, one of the things that we, we are learning from this experience is the importance of planning for crises. Even if you don't know what the nature of that crisis is going to be, there's any number of things that can uh, interrupt services or revenues into an organization. And um, yeah, imagine the organizations that sat down and uh, planned out hypothetical scenarios ahead of time are having a much easier time executing some of this than the groups that are planning it on the, on the fly.
1: Yeah, and I got a, you know, I got a wonderful letter from, from the CEO of a very small nonprofit and they support adults with disabilities. And in the letter, she said, look, we we were not prepared for this. And um, we've never had to do this before, but we've had to cancel all of our programming. But here's the plan. One is we're moving most things online and the people we support will be able to uh, log in online every day and we'll have live video chats. with them. Number two is I have a board meeting coming up in five days from now where we're going to look at the budget and we're going to see how we can make it through this. And so... If you can help, and we really need your help right now, in the next five days before that board meeting, let me know what your commitment can be. And I just thought that was fantastic. She took personal responsibility. She gave me a short plan, and then she called me to action to be part of it.
0: Yeah, it is a great example. And um, again, very human, authentic um, uh, interaction accepting accountability for the situation at hand and demonstrating plan ahead. I also think that's an important seed to plant um, as we move back into fundraising that you're establishing a path forward. And that's an important thing for donors to, to think about as you get prepared, whether you're going to still be fundraising um, right now, or if you're taking a, a slight pause, that donors know that there is an organization to come back to. And even if you are going through a hardship, there is um, a plan for how to get ahead and, and rebound. Uh, important thing for them to start thinking about. Um, your fourth tip, your fourth thing that donors need to hear right now is that they're needed. Um, now, for many organizations, this may seem like something that's self-evident, but uh, like many things... They don't know that unless you communicate them. Can you um,
1: expand upon that a little bit about the importance of letting donors know that they're needed? This comes out of a few conversations that we've had in the last week or two. And uh, I do, I do want to want to tell your listeners that uh, if you're a frontline fundraiser, I completely understand you on this. Um, I myself still fundraise for causes I care about as well. So I, I, have been guilty of feeling this way this way as well which is that uh, when times are hard like right now and in canada you know they just came out with the latest poll and it says like 44 percent of canadians their income has already been affected and another 25 percent think it will be affected in the next week or two so you look at that you see a lot of job losses around you see people struggling you see people being really worried it's very tempting to stop asking our donors to give. And I think when, when we think that way, we think that we're being kind. We're giving our donors a little bit of space. We are letting them cope. We don't wanna be tone deaf. We don't wanna approach them. And it might not be a good time for them. We don't want them to be offended by our request. I, I totally get that way of thinking, but I wanna challenge listeners a little bit here and that it's it's not our job to make that decision for our donor we need to let our donor decide whether she wants to give or not and there's actually nothing nice or compassionate about taking the choice away from her and it, there's also nothing nice and compassionate about losing revenue and putting your mission at risk which is a mission that your donor really cares about so don't take that away from her Give her the opportunity. Let her know that she's still needed. For some organizations, she might be needed more than ever before. And so let her know. Because for many donors, giving is a key part of who they are. It's part of what makes them human. And maybe they're feeling like they're pretty powerless over the situation right now. And maybe this is one of the ways that they can exercise a bit of power, which is contribute to making the world a better place. And if they're your donor, they are your donor because they care about this big, giant problem that you're solving in the world. And so if you're still planning on solving that problem for the next two, three, four, five, six months, don't cancel your fundraising. If you're still fixing that problem, you need to give your donor an opportunity to be fighting against that problem alongside you. That's why she got into this. That's why she's in this situation. That's why she's your donor, because she cares about this stuff. So don't take that away from her.
0: And it's also important to remember that donors, because they are donors, are inherently generous. And I love that example that you cited about giving them the opportunity to make a difference. And and that's really, on a human level, that's really something pretty extraordinary that um, we as nonprofits can offer to donors is the ability to say, yes, I feel powerless. There's a lot of suffering right now. but." I can make a difference, and and I th- if you th- if you think about it, that's really an extraordinary way to to frame something in a time of crisis. The the other thing is that um, because donors are inherently generous, um, I know something I've cautioned against even going back to the financial crisis is getting too lost in macroeconomic statistics. Uh, we we did an interview last week uh, where we spoke to. Uh, a, a uh, somebody who's a, a founder at an agency, and he was talking about case studies where they have organizations where their revenue goes up when the stock market goes down. So it's really not on us necessarily to assume when donors do and not, do not want to help or when they're able to. And um, there are people who, because they are donors and, and inherently generous, um, they're willing to, to kind of take it to that next level during a time of crisis because they realize that there's so many
1: people who are in need yeah this is when this is when you'll find a lot of people actually stretch their generosity and step up to the plate and maybe give more than they have before i want to be clear that i think um, it is wise depending on what kind of organization you are i think it's wise to reframe your ask so this is a new reality we might need to reframe some things. You may you may want to say something like, Listen, I know that right now your greatest concern is for your loved ones. But I really hope you're in a position to help those who have few resources of their own to face this health emergency. Something like that, right? But whatever you do, just let your donor know that they're still needed. Uh-huh. And I, I think it's wise, you know, it's 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 wise to keep fundraising. I think it's also wise to not make too many assumptions. I think it's wise to to plan for a short-term hit to your revenue. I think it's wise to foresee that some of your donors won't be able to contribute at this time or contribute at the same level they were before. But maybe some are going to be able to contribute at a higher level than before. And maybe some donors may surprise you. So I think it's okay if your campaigns aren't doing as well as they were before. And I think it's wise to reframe your ask, but I think it's unwise for you to make that decision for your donor on whether or not they can give at this time. So let them know that they need it and give them that way to exert a bit of control over the situation by helping out.
0: Yes. And I like the way that you frame that. Give them the option. Don't make the decision for them. And from an organizational standpoint, you you had a great quote in your podcast Um money you don't raise today is money you will never recover and i think that's so important to keep in mind i I know my personal experience during the financial crisis and um from what i've heard throughout the industry after 9-11 is that the organizations who did persist and uh, continue fundraising emerged strongest and um it's very hard if you stop to kind of pick up again and, and sometimes you miss when things resume to normal so from an organizational standpoint Um, To your point, your donors don't want you to stop fundraising out of
1: concern for their feelings if it's going to hurt your mission. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember, even if you get a lower response rate than you were getting before, and maybe you're raising less money than you were before, but every time you're connecting with your donor, that's still a piece of marketing, and that's still a connection, and that's still you reaching out to them and being in communication with them. And so when a donor is in a position to give again, you are going to remain top of mind because you were one of the organizations who stuck with them throughout this whole ordeal.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, it was important to keep in mind, play the long game. And uh, you're right. Today's touch point, even if it doesn't result in a donor, it may it, encourage them to make a donation when they feel comfortable or when they're able to. Oh, let's move on to your your final piece of advice, and that's letting the donor know that she will be part of the solution. Um, do you want to um, expand upon that and um, and and um, explain why that is so crucial to uh, let the donor know that they are part of uh,
1: they're they're part of the long term solution. If you put yourself in the shoes of your donor, uh, she's likely staying at home right now, like like many of us are. Uh, maybe she's even in a retirement home. Uh, you know, she's reading the paper. She's going on Facebook to, to check on her grandkids. And uh, we all know that Facebook right now is just full of articles of doom and gloom. Uh, she's watching the TV at home. So she's seeing the headlines. She's seeing the pandemic spread across the world. And right now she... Might be very worried. And uh, like we talked about before, she may feel pretty powerless in this situation. So you need to give her a win. It is your duty of care to give her a win. And so when you let her know that she's still needed, you also need to let her know that she will be part of the solution and that together you're going to build a better world. Now, I, I want to be clear, I don't want you to promise something here that you can't keep. But I want you to promise to your donor that only with her help do you actually stand a chance together of fixing this giant problem, and whatever that problem is or however that problem is affected by COVID-19. And let her know that the problem can be fixed. And even if the entire giant problem can't be fixed, a small piece of it can Right. So um, we in our household, we uh, we give to homeless shelters and we give to international relief and development. And uh, we know my wife and I know we know that homelessness in our city is not going to go away tomorrow. Uh, We know that it's not going to be ended overnight, but we do know because the organization reminds us all the time that we can end homelessness for one person today and we're not fixing the entire giant problem but we're fixing a small piece of the problem for one person. And that's really what your donor wants to know right now. She wants to make some sort of meaningful and positive change to exert a little bit of control over the situation and you owe it to her. It's your duty of care to give her that win.
0: Yeah. And I I think that's, it's, it's a tremendous gift to be able to give to a donor in a time of crisis to let them know that they can be part of the solution and, and um, maybe generate some positivity right now when there's so much negativity, if especially if you're in the house, and you're watching the news, and, and you're seeing, uh, you're seeing just the, the horrific details of this planet uh, playing out. Um, to be able to, to generate some positivity out of that, I think is a remarkable thing. And it also comes back to the idea that donating to a nonprofit, most donors, I believe, understand that they're not solving the problem by themselves, but they're part of a a greater movement, something bigger than themselves to accomplish a a big mission. And um, I think reinforcing that at a time like this is is a really positive thing just on a human level to be
1: communicating. Here in Canada, in in Vancouver, where where the COVID cases are spiking right now, every day at 7pm, the entire city goes out on their balcony, and they applaud all the healthcare workers because it's shift change for them. And so um, there's this whole big communal activity that everyone is part of. And it's something bigger than themselves. And that's very similar to what you can do for your donor right now. You can say, listen, you as donors, you're banding together in a time of crisis. And you're tackling this one thing together. And we need you on board. We want you on board. We can only do this with your help. We only stand a chance of doing this together with you.
0: Yeah, and and that's it's such a powerful reminder that during a, a time of crisis and something as as difficult as we're going through right now, that um, that there there are all kinds of heroes and people that step up to play a role. Um, whether you're a healthcare worker that's on the front lines or you're a donor who's contributing to an organization. Um, I, these, type, these trying times, I, I do believe, bring out the best in people and um, nonprofits play a big role in, in facilitating that. Um, Mike, we really appreciate your time. I'm sure this is a busy time for you, as it is for most of the industry. Um, normally, at the end of our interview, we like to ask our guests to uh talk about what they feel is the biggest challenge facing the nonprofit sector. And I think right now everyone agrees that um, navigating uh, COVID-19 is, is, is the biggest challenge that everybody's focused on. But looking ahead a year from now, um, do you have any predictions when we look back on this time, what we will have learned as an industry and um, maybe make
1: us uh, better or think differently about fundraising? I think the nonprofits that survive will have been uh, resilient nonprofits um, that figured out how to pivot quickly, how to stay nimble, and also nonprofits who stayed the course with their fundraising and who didn't make decisions out of fear, who used this time to actually refine their message, refine their, their mission. Um, maybe right-sized their staff a little bit. We're certainly seeing a lot of that happening already. But I think it will bring a bit of focus and clarity to a lot of nonprofits. Um, I think, unfortunately, we're going to see some nonprofits go out of business. Uh, we might see some mergers, which, which might be a good thing. I, I, I'm really not sure. Um, but the one thing that I want to encourage nonprofits is that I know that things are really hard right now. I know that you're feeling the anxiety and I know that you're having to make a lot of decisions about staffing, about finances and about different program delivery. And I know that all of that is stressful, but I want you to remember that when all of this is over, your team and your donors will remember the kind of person you were and how you treated them Long before they remember what sorts of decisions about financing and program staff and delivery you made. So, uh, first and foremost, I think this is a time for all of us to be really vulnerable with each other, to be honest, um, and to rise to the challenge. Things are hard, but I think if we all rise to the challenge and it sounds cliche, but if we if we try to work together as good as possible, including with our, other organizations and including trying to form deep coalitions with other organizations at this time, um, I think it'll make all of us more resilient.
0: No, I, I agree with that. And that's definitely something that I, I have seen that's been really encouraging is fundraisers coming together to collaborate. I know on, on our end, we've been collaborating with, other companies that are normally competitors, just to share information and try to make better decisions. And, and I agree so much that it, it's important um, uh, not to be crippled by fear um, and to make decisions as, as best as possible right now based on data. And, and also um, people, uh, fundraisers should give themselves credit because it does require a, a certain amount of courage to continue raising money for your mission, especially if you're not directly related to the pandemic. Um, during this time, and and I hope fundraisers out there who are persisting give themselves that credit. Uh, it does take a certain amount of courage to to move ahead during trying times. but I, I agree with you, and I, I share your optimism that it's gonna make uh, nonprofits stronger, it's gonna make the industry stronger. And, and I think we're gonna look back on this time and and be very proud of the resilience that we showed as a, as a sector during uh, an unprecedented crisis. Uh, Mike, we thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Um, uh, how can uh, people get in touch with you if they have any questions or if they would like to check out your
1: podcast or uh, what you're doing over at Build Good? Yeah, easiest way to find me is Mike Dirksen on LinkedIn or on Twitter. Uh, They can also check out buildgood.org. And if anybody wants to shoot me an email, um, it's just mike at buildgood.org.
0: Yes. And I would encourage you all to uh, check out uh, Mike and the uh, content he shares. He's um, somebody that is on my uh, must read list for the information that he puts out. It's always very thoughtful. And uh, I appreciate your perspective, Mike. And I hope everyone is well and, and stays well and safe on your end. And we thank you so much for joining us today and taking the time. Dan, thanks for
1: having me and thank you for spending your time uh, serving the nonprofit community. Um, you, you're a trusted voice. I know that a lot of people uh, look to you as a guide. So thank you for doing that. Well, you, you're the same, my friend. Um, I appreciate
0: it and we'll definitely be in touch. All right,
1: take care.